And if you've left the church and you stayed out of the church for an extended period of time, children of y'all, please understand the, de the, the devil is counting on you to be in isolation. My name is Shaq. I hope you guys are having a beautiful midway point to the week. I hope you guys are starting to make some, some breakthroughs. I hope you guys are uh, starting to work through some of the tough stuff a little bit. You know, uh, after Bible study last night, you know, me and the gang, we talked, uh, we talked about some things and, you know, we tried to clear up the, the air a little bit and, you know, certain things could be done better. I'm not going to divulge and, and disclose the details of our conversations, but, you know, all this happens in the church. All this happens in the church quite a bit. Amen. But uh, today's episode, I want to talk about church hurt, because I know we've all at one point or another have experienced church hurt. We've all at one point or another have experienced the betrayal of someone we trusted We've all experienced the betrayal of, of uh, maybe the people who stand by, who stood by our sides and, you know, maybe they had ulterior motives. And we've all at one point are, you know, are responsible for um, maybe even playing our own parts. Because when we come to the church, you know, we don't come as perfect tens. You know, we don't come as, as, you know, these holier than now. We start off the same way every other believer starts off. You know, we start off broken. You know, we come in the church not as tens, but as, as zeros and negative ones and twos. Some of us negative twenties. And we, and we got, we got some work to do. And, uh, a lot of us, some of us, well, I don't know how many of you there are out there who can relate to this, but some of us have even, uh, some of us have even, um, how do I, how do I say this? How do I say this? Some of us have even, um, uh, I don't know how to say this, but some of us have even done some things where you know what, I could have done a little bit, I could have done that a little bit better. Some of us, you know, as harsh as a truth as it is, we relied on the flesh a little bit too much. We relied on other people to build us up and it became a classic fallacy for us. Amen. But um, nonetheless, today's episode is called church hurt. For those of you who are tuning in on my Facebook live, welcome to the Yavi Vice podcast. My name is Shaq once again. Um, and today's episode is called church hurt, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to read, I'm going to start it off with Matthew 18, uh, 15 to 17. 
But before I begin, I want to say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. We wage war over all powers, over all principalities, over rulers of darkness of this age, and against all spiritually wicked hosts in heavenly places. And that includes our own souls. That includes our own hearts. That includes our own temples, Father God. We pray in your wisdom in these things. We pray in your knowledge in all these things. For we know that your word says that the sword of the truth is your word. We pray that the word may be imprinted into our hearts today, Father God. We pray that your word may allow us to carry on in boldness and in strength and in courage and in unity with one another. We pray that you allow your spirit to be carried by us. We pray that your spirit be sown into all those who are within the sound of my voice. Give me the words and the bread I need to speak to impart onto your people that they may receive the knowledge and they may receive the truth and they may receive the armor, your armor that allows us to be sons of God. In Jesus name, let your will be done today, tomorrow and all the days of our lives. Amen. Okay, guys. So going into it, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Children of y'all, you know, we start out these conversations you know, whenever we have beef with somebody in the church, it usually, uh, and, I, and I, I really hate saying this, but it usually starts off as gossip. And children, I, I want to I wanna be the first to tell you that gossip is deadly. Gossip, it, it opens a door, okay? It opens a door to many more demons. It opens the door to the spirit of envy. It opens the door to the spirit of pride. Well, I don't know why they chose such and such to do the Bible study. You know, I've been praying. I've been doing more than her. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been worshiping. She don't even, she don't even get up to pray. Like, like I can't believe that pastor chose her. Why he chose her over me. I'm way better than her. Or yo man, yo pastor, he be, he be, he be he be bugging out sometimes, man. Like like the other day I was doing something and he just unloaded on me. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't even know where all where all that came from. You know, he be doing the most sometimes. It all starts off as gossip, children of y'all. And a lot of us don't realize that gossip, it opens the door to some things that make the situation worse. And another thing that gossip allows one to do is it allows one to close the door to any kind of disclosure. And now, now they're suffering this pain in secret, in silence and in isolation. And then it builds up over time, over time, the molehill becomes a mountain. A check engine light with one code becomes a check engine light with 20 codes. Next thing you know, the whole car is not moving. The whole car dies. And children of y'all, 
Gossip is the one thing to be avoided at all costs. See, what I like to do is, this is why I'm so transparent. I like to put everything out in the open, but I understand the fear. I understand the fear behind it. A lot of times what happens is everybody knows the truth of what goes on behind the scenes, but nobody wants to say anything because like I said, we all experience that rejection. We all experience that spirit of fear. We don't want to call, we don't want to risk calling the pastor out or anybody else in the congregation or in the leadership out. And then we in turn get embarrassed. We in turn get rejected. We in turn, maybe the pastor has to say, you're out of order, get out. And now all of a sudden we're walking around church hurt. For some of us, the churches that we're hurting, these churches are the only churches that we know. These churches are the only churches that we know. And when we get betrayed by those we love and those that we serve against, I mean, serve with, excuse me. It, 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 it destroys us for a while and it happens to everybody. It even, it even happens to me. You know, when you're going through a tough situation and, you know, you call the pastor and you can't get him on the phone. And sometimes he even ignores your phone calls. I've, I've been through that. And then I, I've, I've even found myself saying, Man, this dude don't care about nobody. All, all, all he cares about is the money. It's another business to him. But you see, when you're not filled with the spirit, you don't know the difference. When you're, and, 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 and this is, and let me just make one thing clear. Let me make one thing clear. This is in no way a personal attack towards anybody. And when I say you're not filled with the spirit, I'm not saying you personally, but... When you don't know who to trust, it is the spirit of confusion. When you don't know who to trust and you don't ask the Holy Spirit, this is what the gossip, this is what basking in the feelings of church hurt can lead to. Because to be honest, children of y'all, we have to endure and we have to understand that our leaders might be growing the same way we are. We have to understand that, you know, the pastor, even though he is tasked to be the protector of the body, there may be an attack that he doesn't see that you see, and he might be blind to it. See, I've met pastors you know, you bring an issue to them and they're very dismissive. You know, they come, they come from that, that line of, of, because I said so parents and they go, nah, we not doing it that way. Why? Because I don't feel comfortable with that. We not doing it that way. Or maybe you meet the pastor and you have something to say to him regarding Maybe he's doing something that's not exactly biblical and you have questions about it. And then he snaps at you. Who do you think you are talking to me that way? Who do you think you are to say something like that? I've got three churches. I run a choir team. The money is coming in. Who are you to say something like that? 
you need to be ashamed of yourself. You need to go pray. I'm going to pray for you. God bless. Have a good night. You know, we got a lot of pastors out there who are pretty macho. You know, they, they, they might be the most beloved person in the church, but you've noticed that they have a pornography addiction. That they don't want to give up. And so they lead the body in a spirit of death. And that's one thing that we got to avoid. And sometimes, you know, not putting these issues out in the open. Yes, there's a time and place for it. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to know when that time or place is. If anybody had just came to David and told him what you did with Uriah is wrong, he would have killed them. If it was in the wrong place, wrong time, he would have killed him. But the spirit was wise. The spirit of the Lord was wise to use Nathan at the right time to tell a parable to David that David understood and that caused David to repent. And so there's a certain amount of wisdom involved when it comes to dilute, uh, diffusing church hurt. You know, for some of us, we carry the church hurt for years and years and years on end. We carry the church hurt for so for so long that that it's 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 like when um when Jacob wrestled with God, when Jacob thought Esau was 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 gonna kill him, when Jacob thought Esau was was on the prowl, was on the hunting prowl for him, was on the hunting trail. Like, oh, if Esau uh, finds me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. It's, it's not. We, 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 we. we it, it leads to, it leads to ideas and, and fallacies in our heads that, you know, is not necessarily. Uh, how do I say it? It's not true. It's not true. But typically church hurt comes, children of Yah, from when we rely on, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a verse right now. From when we rely on the flesh a little too much, and I found it. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Children of Yah, when you learn to trust the Lord in all things, it keeps your heart pure. Yes, it doesn't mean that people are going to stop betraying you. It doesn't mean that people are going to start hurting you. But what it does is it changes your perspective on the betrayal. It changes your perspective on the hurt. And so 
when you have this newfound perspective and you understand that maybe a certain person is not where they need to be, you have patience, you have grace, because the Bible says that we're called to be graceful to others. We're called to encourage one another, love one another, and bear one another's burdens. Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Basically what that means is as long as they're willing to apologize or maybe they don't apologize because this verse doesn't even say, see, Peter didn't ask the Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And he apologized and I forgive him. It just says, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him has nothing to do with an apology. So in other words, we're called to forgive people and they may not, they, we, we might have to accept an apology that we're never going to receive. Because when you're in the church, you got to understand you're dealing with people who are in the spirit, but you're dealing with people who are not in the spirit. You you might be dealing with a babe in Christ who's just knowing how to get in the spirit, be filled with the spirit. You might be dealing with the worldly person who still drinks, still smokes, still fornicates, still cusses every five seconds, still doesn't know how to dress, still doesn't know how to carry himself, but he wants to. And children of Yah, we have to keep the integrity of the church up uh, 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 so that they at least know that they always have a home. Otherwise, if an unbeliever comes out from the world and into the church and he sees the exact same betrayal, he sees the, the exact same snake mentality in the church, the whole church is compromised and the whole church is compromised with the spirit of the apostate spirit, the spirit of envy, the spirit of anger, the spirit of bitterness and the spirit of religion. And this is what leads to the body of Christ being judged by some persecute by uh, some unbelievers who say, man, I'm so glad I left the church. These people, they thought they were holier than now. And then I found out some dirty little secrets about the pastor. I found out some dirty little secrets about the worship team. I found out some dirty little secrets. Like, like they pretend like they're holier than now, but they're not as holy as I thought they were. Even though these unbelievers, they make the mistake of not coming of not uh not coming to Jesus instead of coming to the pastor they don't know any better so we have to do our best to make sure that um that we're in alignment let me read to you philippians 234 let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. We literally have to protect each other and watch each other's backs. We literally, you know, it's a, uh, it's a fail safe system when it comes to the church. When you have one person who has a selfish motive of looking after themselves those of you tuning in Facebook Live, by the way, I want to say good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jackie. 
I hope you're doing well. God bless you, sister. But it's a fail-safe system. Whenever you have somebody who's selfish in the church, it kind of it has a tendency to corrupt the whole church. And no pastor wants to be put in a position where they have to throw people out because they have a spirit that they're not willing to relinquish. Maybe they come in, uh, I don't know. Maybe they come in disruptive. Maybe they come in divisive. Maybe they come in angry. Maybe they're stealing money. Maybe, you know, they're, they're, they're causing, they're causing infidelities in the church. You have to, you, and the pastor has to say, listen, I've had to throw some people out of here. I've had to throw some people out of here who did not honor the order of the church. They did not honor the decorum of the church. They, they themselves did not keep decorum. It's one thing if you come in broken, but you come in humble. When you come into the church, there's an expectation that regardless of where you are in your walk, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you come in with humility because you come into the church looking for help anyway. What is the sense of coming into the church and not be humble? What are you there for? Are you an agent? Are you a witch? Are you there to manifest demons? Are you putting a curse on the church and no one, no one knew it? And children of y'all, this kind of thing happens. This kind of thing, this kind of thing happens in the church. It happens a lot. But let me read to you uh, uh, verses five through eight of Philippians. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Children of Yah, you got to understand something. And some of the leaders feel this way as well. Some, some of them, you might feel this way. You got to realize when to humble yourselves. You got to realize when to respect the pastor's order and lead. And you got to understand that you're not always going to get your way all the time. You know, the pastor is tasked with watching and protecting the sheep, protecting the flock. He might see angles. He might see angles of attack that you don't see. But if you're caught up in a spirit of pride, a spirit of ang uh, anger, bitterness, and, and, and envy, you're going to be like, oh, I was at that church and, 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 you know, I had an idea at the pastor and he just, he just, he didn't want it. And so, you know, there's a curse on that church, this, that, and a third, kill that noise. And this isn't a personal attack on anybody specifically, but I know this kind of thing happens in the church. I've heard many, many pastors share it. See the church. When you come to service, when you come to the assembly of the brethren, 
You have to, ex the number one thing you have to expect is accountability. You cannot come to church holding on to the same things that have been causing you torment, that have been causing you sadness, that have been causing you depression, that have been causing you fear. You cannot hold on to these things. What is the point of going to church and leaving the church the same way as you came in, broken, angry, bitter. There is no point, children of Yah. There is no point. And so when you want to talk to the pastor about a point of accountability, pastor, I don't like what sister Betty is doing. She always comes late to, uh, uh, to, to rehearsals. She always comes late to Bible studies. She always comes late and, and, you know, she, she, she doesn't keep herself accountable. You can bring that stuff to the pastor, but if the pastor responds, he might have two, one or two responses. He might say, okay, I'm going to let me talk to sister Betty about it and I'll get back to you. Or he might say, I'm not going to say anything to her, but why pastor? Why? It's not fair that we show up on time and she holds us up every time. Yeah, you're right. I would agree with you. It's not fair. It's not fair. But there is a reason why I'm not going to talk to her. And that reason, children of y'all, might be something you don't see. Maybe the reason why she's late is because she's in an abusive relationship where her, her husband doesn't really like her going to church. So every time she leaves, it's always a fight and a hustle. Maybe she's late because her car broke down and she couldn't get to, to church to the rehearsal on time. Maybe she's late because she has health issues and she wants to be part of the worship team but, you know, she has physical ailments that hold her back. Or maybe she's late. I, make, I know it sounds like I'm making excuses, but this is something that we really have to consider. Why else would, would a pastor refuse to bring it up? Uh, bring it, bring it up and, and, and call her into accountability. See, you gotta, you gotta realize certain things. There are people going through situations that not everybody, but that you, you might not even, even see. You might not even see someone could be asking you over and over to feed the pantry, to buy the toilet paper, to buy the toiletries, to, to chip in with the expenses of the church. And you might be the only one chipping in. But the reason you're the only one chipping in is because maybe everybody else is facing eviction. Maybe everybody else, maybe their boss cut their hours down. Maybe at the company they worked, they downsized. Maybe they got laid off. Maybe the Holy Spirit is asking you to contribute to the pantries, to, to uh, uh, the, the supply closets, just to teach everybody a lesson in humility. Maybe God is trying to show you without trying to show you, watch what I do. I'm going to teach everybody a lesson in tithing and offering. I'm going to teach everybody a lesson to not look out for their own interests, only their own interests, but also the interest of others. Watch what I do. Watch what I do. It's all about humility, children of Yah.
And depending on, on, on your position in the church, some of you might be deacons, some of you might be worship leaders, some of you might be a component in fivefold ministry, you might be an apostle, you might be a prophet, you might be this, you might be that. You got to understand that there is an order and there is a balance. You know, you can't be an unruly member in the church. And if you've left the church and you stayed out of the church for an extended period of time, children of y'all, please understand the, de the, the devil is counting on you to be in isolation. I feel so sorry for people when they say, I'm so happy I'm not going to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't trust church. Yeah, I understand that, you know, some churches, they're not operating in the spirit. It's hard to find a church that is operating in the spirit. And you may not even know the difference of what that even looks like. Like, what does a church look like when everybody is operating in one accord with the spirit? And what does it look like when people are not operating in one accord with the spirit? Those of us who are church hurt, we know what that looks like. Those of us who are church hurt, we know what it looks like when we ourselves are operating in the spirit and we go to a church and we see something and say something and we're either disregarded, we're either ignored or we're flat out rejected. Like if the Holy Spirit put in my heart to go to a church and I see a spirit of iniquity in the pastor's wife. And I, and I bring it to the pastor's attention and I bring it up with, with humility and respect and courtesy and decency and decorum and civility. And I say, pastor, the spirit is showing me something regarding your wife. Well, what is it? The spirit is, the spirit is telling me to tell you to pay attention to what she does towards the end of the service. And the pastor's wife does something that the pastor does not like is confirmation. That's it's either going to go one or two ways. He's either going to take it up in prayer or he's going to ignore you completely. And he's going to reject you. Oh, sis, I don't really think that that's I don't really think the spirit is telling you that, you know, I think it could be a demon. I'm not willing to entertain anything demonic in this church. You know, I think you need to take it up in prayer. I'm sorry. I mean, I appreciate you coming up and telling me this, but 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 you're you, you're completely wrong. And then you feel hurt. You feel rejected because it wasn't just the fact that you told him the truth, but it was the fact that. You know, in that in that moment of time, he dismissed you and then we internalize it. We internalize the dismissal. Not because of the facts at hand, but because for that moment, we want it to be received. It, 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 it really comes down to are you really filled with the spirit or is it all about you? But I'm speaking in the context of those those of us who are in the spirit. And you guys got to understand something, children of y'all. You got to understand something. There are a lot of churches that don't operate in the spirit. And because they don't operate in the spirit, there's a lot of iniquity going on. There's a reason why Christ calls out 
uh, five out of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, the Holy Spirit in Christ, I should say, calls out the five out of seven churches in the book of Revelation for their iniquity. And the only two churches he loves are, the only two churches he promises goodness are um, the faithful church and the persecuted church. Persecution, children of Yah, is is a lot is a life of every Christian. You know, there are going to be some people, like I said, they're not operating in the spirit. They're not operating in, in one accord. And they might have never seen Jesus, even though they desire to. They might not have ever seen Jesus. And because of that, it's a spirit of apostasy that controls their souls. We got to come to that. You got to come to that conclusion for some of you. But nonetheless, it is a commandment in God's word that we not, we, we, we don't just write off church. The solution is you got to find, um, you got to allow God to lead you in every single corner of your, of your lives, especially when it comes to being rejected by your beloved church. Because there may be some things that the Holy Spirit sees that you didn't see, and we can't question it. We just have to be faithful. I've been a part of some churches where the pastor has, you know, said some stuff to me, and uh, I, I, I felt betrayed. And I've, I've been a part of some churches where the pastor has misunderstood me, and maybe the pastor wrote me off or... or you know, the one thing I hated, uh, the, the one, oh, man, I'm starting. The one thing I hated personally when it came to my own personal church hurt was nobody would come to me directly. They would always come to the pastor and then I would hear it from the pastor. And I felt offended because it's like all you had to do I mean, I understand, you know, sometimes I, I, I get um, in, in, those, in those times I would get defensive or I would get angry. And so that would intimidate people. I'm not a I'm not a an aggressive person by any means, but I really hated when no one came to me directly, because in my mind, I'm like, why don't you trust me? Like. I'll listen to anything you have to say, but if I don't agree with it, it's, it's another story. If, if I think that, um, maybe it was a misunderstanding because those things happen to children of y'all church hurts do result from misunderstandings. Maybe you say something in wrong context. Maybe the, uh, the, in, the inflection of your voice was different. Maybe your tone was different. Maybe they were in a specific mood. Maybe they were sensitive and what you said triggered something in them and then it was a miscommunication. Those things happen too. But if we don't gather around to talk about it face to face, I don't want to hear a middleman perspective. I want to hear your perspective. I want to hear the tone in your voice. I want to be able to look in your eyes and I want 
want to be able to understand the point of view of where you come from. So then I could say, and I've had conversations like this too, you know, when, when somebody has approached me, I'll be like, no, man, no, 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 no. I don't know. I, I did not mean it. I No, that's when I said this, that, and the third, I didn't mean it like this, that, and the third. You thought it was this when actually it was that. And sometimes they go, oh, I see. I see. I thought it was something different. Nah, man. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, no. I, I would I would never I would never do it. I would never I would never do something like that. But I always welcome people to entertain any kind of conversation. If they have a specific issue with me, come to me and you know, if I explode, I apologize, but See, here's the thing, especially I learned this from last night's meeting with with my church. Um, I was talking to one of my sisters today and I explained to her that the Holy Spirit in this season has led me in meekness. It's taught me about what it means to be humble. And, you know, I'm the type of person I'm not necessarily afraid to preach and talk about things that nobody else wants to talk about. But at the same time, I realize that my preaching is raw and my preaching is heavy. And so one of the things that occurred last night was, you know, I, and I kept I kept praying about this because I, I heard everybody's frustrations. I heard everybody's concerns. And I just I just kept sitting there and we had we had a, a, an open forum discussion that lasted for three hours. And I just kept sitting there saying, Father God, how can I how can I break the ice? How can I make it easier for people to receive what they're trying to receive? How can I make it easier to, to, to communicate everybody's points of view? And I and I said some things I said. I said, you know what? I think at the core, love covers, I don't remember if I said this or not, but I'm saying it now. Love covers a multitude of sins. Colossians says, above all these, Colossians chapter three specifically, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And so if there's any disagreement that we have, we have to allow God's love to cover us in that disagreement and understand that it's not about he said, she said, it's not about, oh, you do this, excuse me, you do this, you do that. It's not about that. What it is about is it's about love. We have to allow each other to be made perfect in love. And one of the things about being church hurt is that people always like to say, I'm not perfect. I mean, how many of us have ever heard that? I'm not perfect. Children of y'all, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you about the whole I'm not perfect. People say they're not perfect, but then when you give them when you try to help perfect them, they reject it. And so a long time ago, I've learned that when people say I'm not perfect, it gives them a license to kind of get away with whatever they want to do. 
And so I never use the excuse, I'm not perfect. I've always hated that excuse. Even though it's, even though it's true, I've never accepted it because I always want to get better. You know what it is with me? Like I told you guys earlier, you know, I have a tendency to be heavy and raw, but I've always wanted to be the go-to guy. And it wasn't always about me. It's not about me. It's just the fact that I played some part in helping you solve some uh, a, mi a mystery, a piece of mystery in your life. Maybe you don't know how to communicate with this person. Maybe you don't understand how to approach a certain situation. And so I always wanted to be that go-to guy, but I understood that in order to be that guy, I had to put on love. I had to be gentle and slow to speak and slow to anger in, in, in everything I said, because, you know, one of the things that, that, that pains me is, you know, I wish that more people would entertain a candid conversation because those of us who are willing to receive the truth and maybe we are responsible for the church hurt, the conversation is always going to be different because now we could focus, we could take the focus off of blame. We could take the focus off of the pain and we can now look at, okay, where do we go from here? Where, what, what, what is the solution? And the solution is always going to be prayer, is always going to be, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Let's go into the Spirit and inquire of the Lord what we should do. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. We have to acknowledge the Lord through the, the, the tribulation, the division, and when we learn to acknowledge him in these things, he's always going to give a solution that gives us victory. For some of us, our attitudes are what take away from the Holy Spirit's blessing. It's literally like, it's like catching a fly and, and that you can't catch. For some of us, you know, we think that no one sees us in our anger, in our bitterness, in our sadness. We think that like, oh, I'm just going to sit in the corner and I'm going to carry this church hurt. But children of Yah, there's always someone who sees, there's always someone who notices. That's what I'm figuring out today. It's not in every church, but how it works with me personally, your eyes tell me everything. Your eyes always tell me a, a, a different story. And for some of us, you know, some of us in leadership, you know, we've been burned. We've been pruned. You know, we've lost people. We've gained people. But that's the one thing I hate about, about the church is, is, you know, the whole idea of church hopping because of church hurt. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, See that there are no divisions among you and that you be of the same mind and the same judgment. If every single church was operating in oneness and according to the spirit, the Holy Spirit, it wouldn't matter what church you go to because you're going to hear the same message. And if everybody is operating in the Holy Spirit and you still get church hurt, 
it forces you to say, maybe I'm in the wrong. And if you're not willing to receive it, then it's definitely you if everybody else is operating in the spirit. But, you know, we live in a world, children of Yah, where that doesn't happen. All of these things in the world, you know, they have unity. That Satan's kingdom has unity. The Catholic world has unity. You know, the people who persecute us, they have unity. But the church struggles with unity, something terrible, because it's always one or two people out of 300, 400 who are truly operating in the spirit. But because nobody else is, see, everybody draws their own conclusions, and that's what causes discord. And we're not exclusive to this. You know, in the book of Acts, I believe it's Acts chapter 15, you know, the apostles didn't agree either. You know, Peter had issues with circumcision, with the issue of circumcision, you know, Mark and uh, Paul and uh, and Mark didn't agree. And the Bible says that the contention was so sharp that they broke off and went asunder. They broke off and went away and, and everybody did their own thing. And that that kind of thing happens in the church. And it's one of the most heartbreaking things. It's like, you know. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't miss the people who, who who left my church. You know, I miss their presence. I miss I miss what they brought. You know, I I, I even I even miss their 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 smiles. And you know, it, it, it hurts when when people when they leave the church and all you wanted to do is help them, but the very fact that they left the church. You know, I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't internalize it. I internalize it. You know, I take it personal because yeah, I, I see it as a failure. Even though it might not have been God's will for them to even be at our church, I see it at, I, I I see it as the thing that's gonna help me get better. Like, wow, man. I mean, you gotta think, how many times have any of you felt the Holy Spirit? tell you to go confront someone about something or go bring something to light and you miss the opportunity and then you hear something terrible happen to them or you you hear that they left you know how much do you regret it afterwards you know you're so focused on the fear you're so focused on you know how you look but the only thing you don't focus on is the pain. You don't want to experience the rejection again in the event you're wrong. How many of you have ever experienced that? I have. I have. And it, 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 it hurts. And I don't want nobody to leave because of something that was my responsibility. Because the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 3 that, that God warns Ezekiel, if you let a man continue in his iniquity and you do not warn them, then he will die in his iniquity, but you will be responsible for it. But if you warn him and he continues anyway, then he will still die in his iniquity, but you are debt free. His death is not responsible. Uh, uh, you're not responsible for his death. And, um, you know, I, I do that with you know, I, I take responsibility for 
as much as I possibly can. The Bible says we have to bear one another's burdens. If if there's someone in the church who's hurting and they're hurting all the time and I see them, I see them in their eyes, no matter how much they try to hide it, I see them. No. You know, it, the Holy Spirit is going to nudge me any way to try to fix it, because like I said, we don't need anybody leaving the church. We want everybody to come in healed. We want everybody to come in delivered. We want everybody to come in cured and free from the bondage that they suffer from. And some of us, we want to come in the church for the wrong reasons. We want to come in the church for validation. We want to come in the church for popularity. We want to come in the church you know, to win some type of award, like, 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 it's almost as if you win in the Oscars, but you don't go to church for accolades. You don't go to church for titles. You go to church to find an identity. You go to church to find peace. You go to church to be free. You go to church so you can expand the kingdom. That is the whole goal of church to begin with. The whole point is to help you operate in your anointing. It's not for you to just go to church because the more you go to church and just sit in service and then you don't apply what it is that you learn, the more your life just kind of passes. And a lot of us, we go through that. We do. I don't know. If any of this helps with church hurt, but you know, I, I, I was, I felt kind of pulled to talk about this today because there are some, some holes that the enemy wants to exploit within the church. There are some holes that, you know, if we don't do our due diligence, and plug these holes up that the enemy, when it gets really, really bad, and it will, for those of us living in America, when they really start putting the hammer down on Christians, a lot of people are going to lose their minds. A lot of people, they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to have any guidance because they've never learned how to listen to the spirit and forsake themselves and their feelings in their own pain. And I don't want anybody caught in that trap. I want everybody to be operating. I want, I want that. I want that unity. That's what I want. I want that unity. And yes, those of us who are completely anointed and we're filled with the spirit, we're filled with the oil. We understand the pain of rejection. We, one way or another, we understand the pain of rejection. And sometimes the last thing you want to avoid, like you don't want the pastor saying to you, you got to leave because he didn't want to receive the truth. Or you don't want, you don't, you don't want any, any of that to happen. But you got to realize that it's all about the will of the Lord. You know, rejection is going to happen one way or another. You know, not everybody's going to agree on certain things. And just because the pastor doesn't go away that you wish, it does not mean it does not devalue you any less. 
you gotta you gotta see the bigger picture and sometimes he's not always right and sometimes it, he needs to learn the lesson and sometimes it's not even about the pastor sometimes it's about another person in church sometimes we avoid going to another we avoid going to one specific church because we see somebody there that we have beef with children of Yah, the church is not the place to have beef the church is a place of worship like, I've always hated going to church and I see somebody that I have beef with. I don't like beef. I'm a vegetarian or was, <laughs> but I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's, it's like you, you can't even worship because all you're doing is thinking about what the other person did. And I've. I've talked, I've spoken to so many people who have all kinds of dramas like infidelities and, 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 you know, people, they do sneaky, cheeky things to try to get ahead and got to cut that mess out, man. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in all truth and learn to let go of the church hurt. You say, Shaq, that's easy for you to say because because you you just you just don't understand that the, the circumstances I'm going through. I understand. I do. Because I've been rejected my whole life. And I'm pretty sure a number of you have as well. One time, I had a multimillionaire embarrass me in front of three to four hundred people. That was the worst kind of rejection I've ever felt in my life. You know, and this was when I was a babe in Christ and I didn't know. And they were, they were believers as well. And, and, you know, God used them to do amazing things, but I, and, and this was outside the church, but I felt church. I felt that same pain, but you know, I kept it going and I didn't bring it up to him. Not, not, not once because I didn't have the courage. I didn't have the boldness. You know, I just I, I was in that mindset of, you know, I don't want to offend nobody. And and, and not, not that offending people was the goal. You know, I just, you know, I, I tried my best to not be a problem. And it's it's it, it, it's tough. I know that fear, that fear just eats people alive and it ate me alive to just work up the courage to just say something and say, you know, you, you know what? I really don't like that you did that. I really don't think that was right. I understand why you did it, but how you did it, it wasn't the way to go. Because he said some things that, um, you know, I internalized for a lot of years. And the one thing I discovered about the truth is that if if it's not delivered, um, if it's not delivered with wisdom and Holy Spirit discernment, it could actually crush the the, the spirit of, of of a person. Because I remember, because I internalized it, and um, you know, years later, you know, I, I couldn't get it out of my head what he said to me. Even though he was trying to help me at the time, it just wasn't the right approach. I internalized it. And then I said, I said, you know what? He's right. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I failed as a man. You know, maybe, 
maybe I am lazy. Maybe I, I don't have no goal. Maybe I, I, maybe I am just a way, a waste of people's time. And then I internalized it and, you know, it was hard for me to get over. And it was hard for me to see the truth outside of it. And you see, here's the thing. And I, I'm getting a little emotional, but, but, here, but here's the thing. When you don't have an identity, it's hard to receive any kind of truth. And when you don't have an identity and you don't know who you are and you're just lost, that church hurt. It's it feels like a thousand needles stabbing you all over your body. If it, it feels like the final nail in the coffin and. You know. My pastor told me a shocking statistic. And uh, I believe that a lack of identity contributed to this, but he said that 47% of pastors commit suicide because the weight of the job, they just, they could, they couldn't take it. And, you know, just, you know, the weight, maybe, maybe a dirty secret got out in the church that maybe they were doing something that wasn't godly. And so they took their lives. You know, the devil had convinced them that their life was not worth living. And the last thing I want anybody to experience is that kind of rejection. You know, there I can I can feel it. You know, there are people some of you out there are are thinking about committing suicide because you're not liked in your church because you're not you're not loved in your church. And some of you are are, are thinking about you're literally thinking about I, I I can't I can't take it. I can't I can't take the kind of treatment I'm um I'm being bestowed upon upon my peers. I I I I can't I can't take the fact that you know my pastor he just he just continues to disregard my feelings. I can't I can't take the fact that that you know, I can't even get my pastor on the phone. Like, please help me. I can't even take the fact that, you know, my pastor, I asked him for help or, you know, everybody on the worship team is jealous of me or they want to, they want to start issues. And it's been like that everywhere I go. I want to be the first to tell you guys, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do, you know, the iniquity of others has nothing to do with you. The reason why you experience what you experience is because what they're experiencing is controlling them. It's never what people say. It's the spirit behind what people say and the spirit. Please make no mistake. Children of Yah, the spirit has an agenda to make sure you never receive your promise. And we all come to church with hidden, hidden things, hidden, uh, 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 
hidden darknesses, you know, dark sins and secret sins, the skeletons in the closet that when we when we experience something that it 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 acts as a trigger. But I feel the pain. I feel the pain that some of you some of you go through and it really does pain pain me because I really want to work hard to flip the script of uh, I really want to work hard to flip the script of of church culture. I really want to work hard to flip the script of saying no. It's not supposed to be like this. I don't want you. I don't want anybody to go to their pastors and not feel like they can't say what's on their minds. I don't want anybody to carry the hurt day and night, day and night, day and night because they live in fear. They live in the fear of rejection. They don't they don't want to go through oh one more rejection. You know, one more dismissal. You know, one more one more um you know, one more nightmare to live through. I don't want none of you to experience that. So I know I was kind of, I was kind of all over the place today. You know, I know I was, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of didn't have an order. I had a, a specific format in my head, but you know, I want, I want to give you guys the bright side because I, I don't want you to forget that you belong to the Lord. I don't want you to forget that you were called. You were called to be someone special for the Lord. You were called to take on an assignment that the Lord has trusted you with. I want to read to you 2 Timothy 4, 16 to 18. I'm closing. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Understand that it's God who's in complete control. Your church hurt is meaningless to the glory that you'll receive afterwards. You go through the church hurt because of what God did for you. If Christ can suffer on the cross and defeat and make a public spectacle of the powers and principalities in which he is head over, then we can go through a little church hurt. We can go through a little pain. We could go through a little fear. We could go through a little, a little rejection. But nonetheless, pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him what must be done what must be done? It's the Holy Spirit that leads us in all things, children of Yah. Psalms 113 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, 
nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. The Lord is always going to be responsible for your success. The Lord is always is, is, is always going to. He's always going to uplift you. He's always going to uphold you. Matthew 18, 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. If you're around anyone and they're compromising your faith or you feel like they're taking you further and further away from God, get away from them because their walk is condemned. Titus chapter two says, reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition for such a person is warped in sin, having being self-condemned. You have a right children of y'all to not tolerate something that is not conducive to your growth. I want to make that very, very clear. If the Lord has placed you on a path and if you're around people who hinder that path, the Bible says you are well within your rights to get away from them. Unless there is a spiritual side, maybe the Holy Spirit has given them discernment that they that you don't see. But otherwise, get away from them. Because they have a hidden agenda. They see what you have. The spirit of iniquity in them sees what you have and uses them because they've allowed an open door for the spirit of iniquity to control them so that they can persecute you and allow you to feel unloved, unloved, unworthy. So get away from them. And some of these people... They're some of the closest people in your lives. And we have a hard time breaking free from that. Yeah, but I don't want to say nothing to them because they're my friends. Listen, the Bible says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. God is hearing some conversations you didn't hear. These people, just because they know how to say the right thing, don't mean they are. Not everyone is pure hearted. And you know something? We got to forgive. This is the hardest lesson for those of us who've been hurt in the church to know. It takes a strong person to forgive. Otherwise, that unforgiveness will tie you down. It'll weigh you down. It'll limit the ability of God speaking in your life. It'll limit the ability of the Holy Spirit helping you in your life. It will weigh you down. I promise you it will. I promise you. And so every day we pray, this is the last thing, and then I'll, I'll end. Every day we recite the Lord's Prayer to our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He tells us 
You know, it, he reminds us of the importance of forgiving others who betray us. And I'm going to read to you Matthew 6, 11 to 13. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And give us this day our daily bread. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then I'm going to read to you Matthew uh, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of yours. Forgiveness is the one most important component in all of this. You have to forgive. Whether you receive an apology or not, you must forgive. Who wants to go to bed in bondage, in pain, in anger, in bitterness? Ephesians says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor sin in anger. You have to put that away, children of Yah. You have to put that away and understand that not everything is going to be hunky-dory. Not everything is going to be peachy. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in all truth. And no matter how many times people get it wrong, even whether it's out of malicious intent or not malicious intent, if it's malicious, if they're doing it on purpose, at that point, it's something completely different. Like I said, it's a spiritual attack. Get away from them. But if they do something that betrays your trust and it's not on purpose, you must forgive them. You must forgive them. You must forgive them. But children of Yah, that's all I have for today. I pray that you guys go so in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. This video will be available on the podcast platform. This video will be available on my Facebook Live. You can catch the replay. And it will also be available on YouTube. I love you all. Go so in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. Let's find an effort to make peace. The Bible says, bless the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I love you all. God bless you all. Have a good day. Thank you.